0: A few months back, folks put on really weird looking glasses, went out and stood outside in the parking lot in the middle of the day and looked up to see what was called a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity when the solar eclipse occurred. Even though if you missed it, it's coming back in 2024, so save your glasses. <laughs> Truth is, there aren't very many events that truly are once in a In a lifetime, although they actually happen all the time, I guess you could say that 7.30 a.m. on July 29th, that was a once in a lifetime happening. If you missed it, too bad, not coming back. Well, Joshua chapter 10 describes what was, in fact, truly a once in a lifetime event. It was a day the Bible describes like no other. It was a day that the sun. Stopped. Here's how the Bible describes it in Joshua chapter 10, verse 12. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, O sun, stand still over Gibeon, O moon over Valley of Ejelon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as it is written in the book of Jasher. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to man. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. So, what does a day that's never going to happen again mean for us today? Well, it turns out quite a bit. So stick back. Relax, hold on, and let's take a look at a day like no other. The first and perhaps the most obvious thing that this means for you and me is that there is no impossible situation for God. Now that's not a philosophical argument. This is not one of those can God create a rock bigger than he can lift kind of debates. Well, as soon as you find a rock that you think is bigger than God can lift, you let me know, and we'll talk about that one. But in this instance, this was a real-life problem for the nation of Israel, something they were facing in the moment, and God solved it in a way that only God could. Suffice it to say, word of what was going on in the land of Canaan was starting to get around. The fall of Jericho, the... Fall of the city of Ai It was starting to make news. And the fellow who was the king of Jerusalem at the time, a fellow by the name of Adonai Zadok, he heard about what had happened. And then he heard that the city of Gibeon had decided that indeed God was the one true God and they joined with Israel in following with them. Well, Adonai Zadok didn't like what he heard. So he sent word to four of his king buddies that the five of them ought to get together. The the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon. And his solution was brilliant, or so he thought. He said, let's combine all of our armies into a force that is so large it will be impossible to be defended against. And then let's go and attack the city of Gibeon. Now, what he thought would happen is that, number one, Gibeon would not be able to defend themselves. They would have to call upon the nation of Israel, who would then come and be confronted by this impossibly large army. Second, it would send an unmistakable message to everybody else in Canaan that if you side with the nation of Israel, this is what's going to happen to you. It was perfect. It was a a, a no-lose situation, he thought. It was indeed overwhelming as this enormous army approached Gibeon. They sent word to Joshua and the nation of Israel to come and help. And true to their word, the commitment they had made, Joshua sent his army marching toward Gibeon, but they had more than swords in their hands. They had a promise from God. It's described in verse 8 of chapter 10. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. And so it was. As Joshua and his army attacked, they won a tremendous victory against this impossibly large army that was attacking Gibeon. So much so that this Amorite army was in full retreat and Joshua and his men were in hot pursuit. And then something amazing happened in verse 11. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Haram to Azekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them from the sky. And more of them died from the hailstones than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. It had happened again. God had done something that only God could do. And this wasn't even the thing that the biblical writer said was a day like no other. We're going to get to that in just a moment. God had defeated the city of Jericho by making the walls fall. He had defeated the city of Ai by cleansing the nation of Israel from sin. The city of Gibeon, in their own surrender, had recognized God as the one true God and now this impossibly large force of the Amorites was burning up with hailstones. There is no impossible situation for God. We worship the God of the impossible. Where before there was nothing, God spoke our universe into existence. He stopped the waters of the Red Sea so the nation of Israel could cross safely to the other side. We serve the God who made the lame to walk, the blind to see. What is there in your life this morning that's impossible? You just can't see how it's going to work. Maybe you've got a friend that you've invited them to church repeatedly. You've prayed for them. You've slipped them a track or two. Maybe shared a verse with them. But nothing seems to be happening. There seems to be absolutely no movement toward the Lord at all. It seems impossible. Or maybe there's a ministry that God has laid on your heart, a burning passion for something that God has, has put just in your mind over and over and over again. And you know it needs to be done. You know the Lord's calling you to be done, to do it. But you look at your calendar and you say, there's just nowhere to, to fit this. I just don't have the time to do this. It's impossible. Maybe there's a challenge in your own life. A difficulty that seems too great to overcome. It's just impossible. Well, Jesus' disciples thought they'd run into exactly that. Jesus was talking to them about how difficult it was to get into The kingdom of God, how difficult it was to get into heaven. And he'd been talking to a very rich man who, in in the Jewish mentality, they thought riches were blessings from God. So somebody who was wealthy must be tremendously blessed by the Lord and and must surely be going to to heaven. And, And Jesus, as a rich man that he'd been talking to, went away very saddened by what he'd heard Jesus say. Jesus talked about how difficult it was for the rich to get into heaven. And, and, and the disciples couldn't understand it. They were thinking, well, if this guy couldn't get in, if, if this one who's been so blessed of God could not enter the gates of heaven, how can anybody get in? And this is what Jesus said to them in Mark chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. <laughs> but not with God. All things are possible. With God. What's your impossible this morning? Maybe you've been thinking. There's no way God could save me. There's too much junk in my background. I've made a mess of everything. There's just no way that God could ever love me. Whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah, with man it may be impossible, but not with God. All things... Are possible with God. Take your impossible to the Lord. Whatever it is. Whatever hill it is you have to climb. that There's no way you can get up to the other side. Whatever situation it is that you can't see the answer. Take it to the God of the impossible. But then when you do, make sure you watch for what God's going to do. So often we miss God's miracles because we're not paying attention. We're too involved with the battle to see the victory. Joshua didn't make that mistake. As the battle continued, Joshua knew that darkness was about to fall. And he realized if darkness fell, they would have to end their attack. And if they did, the Amorite army would have an opportunity to regroup and counterattack on the next day. And so he goes and makes a bold, audacious, impossible request of the Lord. Here's what happened in verse 12. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, O sun, stand still over Gibeon, O moon over the valley of Ejelon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as is written in the book of Joshua. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a man. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Wow. The sun stopped. It delayed setting for almost a full day. Now, some have pointed to this verse as their argument for why they believe the Bible is just full of a bunch of myths. Because they say, well, that's just impossible. The world can't stop spinning, and all of a sudden uh, allow the sun to stay in the same location. Or, or uh, there, there's just no way that could possibly happen. It's physically impossible. And they'd be right. It is impossible. But we're talking about the God of the impossible. I don't know how this happened. The Bible doesn't give us the specifics of exactly what occurred. Now, there have been people through the years that have suggested some possibilities. Maybe there was some kind of miraculous refraction of the light that allowed the light to continue to shine for almost 24 more hours. Maybe there was some super bright comet that was in the sky at that particular moment that allowed the, the, the light to be there. I, I think all of those arguments miss the point. This was something only God could do. And that's why the biblical writer says, there's never been a day like it before or since. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. And that's the point. It was the same point that God had made when the Egyptian army was defeated at the Red Sea. When the Israelites thought they were done for. It was impossible. There was no way to escape. And then God parted the waters. (laughs) It was the same thing God did when the walls of Jericho fell even. Joshua looked at Jericho and thought, this is not going to happen. It's too well fortified. This city is too strong. We can't do this. And then God brought the walls down. The same thing that happened on that very day when Joshua and his army of Israel were able to feed a Defeat a a force far greater, far stronger than they were as, as fiery hailstones fell from the sky. And now as God answered Joshua's prayer, continue with the day so that they could finish the victory, there was no question about it. God was fighting for Israel. How often do you stop And take stock of ways that God is fighting for you. Because He is. God is at work all around us. He's doing all kinds of amazing, wonderful things. And so often we don't see it just because we're not looking. Businesses periodically will stop for what most employees wish was their day off. Inventory. That's a word that everybody hates. Nobody likes to go out in the warehouse and count everything. Not the most exciting process imaginable. And strategies have been developed to help do that. Uh, Computerized tags and other things that speed the process along. But still, nobody wants to do this. Nobody wants to go sit out in an old hot warehouse all day counting stuff. But it has to be done. And the reason is, to sell something, a business has to know what they actually have to sell. They need to know how many cans of corn they've got, how many toothbrushes they have. Because if they run out of cans of corn, somebody's going to for surely come into their store wanting a can of corn, and they got to have it. Or if they run out of toothbrushes, somebody's going to come in with a piece of corn stuck in their teeth, and they're going to need a toothbrush. So they've got to have them. Make sure that you take inventory. Stop and take a look at your life and see the ways that God has been fighting for you. If you'll just take some time to look, You're going to see clearly ways that God has been there for you over and over and over again. God gave uh, Marcia and me several opportunities to meet. Uh, We went to the same college. Uh, We attended the same church while we were at college. She roomed with a girl that I grew up with in high school. But as far as either one of us can remember, we, we never did meet each other during those years of college. So God did it again. He put me in a church serving as youth minister where her sister attended. And her sister worked her magic and got us together. She invited Marcia to come to a Thanksgiving dinner that was there at the church one Thanksgiving week. And I looked across and said, wow, that's a pretty cute girl over there. She's way out of my league. I don't even need to go ask her out. Lord pushed me along over across the room and said, okay, you missed her when you were at college. You missed her at church in college. You missed her when she was roommate of a girl you've known forever. You're not missing this chance. <laughs> Look back in your life. I guarantee you, you will see times that God has been there for you. That God has fought for you. That, that day that you were... Got to work and heard about a horrible accident on the highway, on the path that you drive every single day. Except that day, you just happened to take another route. God was fighting for you. Or that time that you'd been putting off and putting off and putting off, and finally you went ahead and made it. Appointment with the doctor to go get a checkup. You go in there and you get the checkup and the doctor found something. He comes and says, you know what? If you'd waited six more months, we couldn't have done anything about this. But you happened to have an appointment just at the right time. God was fighting for you. Over and over and over again as we look back in our life, we will see those times when God's hand was at work. When He was fighting for us. And then we can take a look at the impossibilities that are in our life right now. That friend that doesn't know the Lord and we don't know what to do to help him. That situation at work that we just don't know what in the world we're going to do about it. That difficulty in our life that just seems like a hill too far to climb. God is fighting for you. What's that thing that's impossible in your life? What's that thing that you look at and you just say, you know, I know this is what God wants, but I just can't see how in the world it's ever going to happen. What is the battle that you face? (laughs) Go to the God who fights for you. And then watch and see what He does. Maybe you're here this morning and you came to church with a heavy heart because you know you need to get right with God. You know that you need what only God can do in your life, but you just don't see it. And maybe somebody invited you. Maybe you just knew you needed to be here, but you came thinking there's nothing God can do for me. It's it's too far gone. It's impossible. Listen to the words of Jesus. He agrees with you. As He says, With man this is impossible. But not with God. All things are possible with God. Heavenly Father, Maybe there's some folks here this morning that have some impossible things in their life. Maybe they're facing a a ministry or maybe a person that they're praying for that they know that that's what you want. You want them in the kingdom, but God, they just don't see how it's going to work out. Maybe they're facing some issues at work. Maybe an issue in their family. Maybe a struggle in their own personal life. and. God, they've just given up. They've just said, it's just impossible. There's just no way to do it. Maybe, Heavenly Father, there's someone here who thinks it's impossible for you to love them. There's things in their past, stuff that they're carrying with them that they just think, there's no way God could love me. Oh, Heavenly Father, we pray. Help us to see you are the God of the impossible. What we cannot do, you can do. God, if we just look back in our life, we'll see all kinds of ways that you've been there for us, that you've been fighting for us, that you've done things that for men are impossible but not for you. You've been doing that before and you'll do it again. God, you can save someone even this morning. You can bring them to a brand new life. Help them see, Heavenly Father, you can do the impossible in your life today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.